The full title, translated into English from the original Latin, was On the Magnet, Magnetic Bodies Also, and On the Great Magnet, the Earth. A new philosophy demonstrated by many arguments and experiments. Gilbert praised his own new style of philosophizing, his bold and unheard-of doctrines, and warned that his great life's work was not for smatterers, learned idiots, grammatists, sophists, wranglers, and perverse little folk. The Earth's interior, posited Gilbert, was a pure continuous magnetic core, which orients our globe in the heavens just as it swings a compass needle to the north. This explained many actions of magnets, including their noticeable lines of force. These were not idle intellectual inquiries Gilbert was pursuing, but questions of tremendous commercial movement. England was a dominant sea power in avid pursuit of the wealth of nations, and Queen Elizabeth was seeking to improve the arts of navigation. Therefore, anything that shed light on the nature of magnetism and compass reading was important. A famous painting shows William Gilbert, arrayed in white ruff and dark velvet robes at his handsome London residence Wingfield, demonstrating electrics and magnetics for his sovereign monarch and her court. The seated Queen Elizabeth, who favored exquisite jewel-encrusted fur-trimmed gowns, watches intently, as do two of Her Royal Majesty's most famous explorers and navigators— Sir Walter Raleigh and Sir Francis Drake. Gilbert is standing before them showing the strange attractions of amber, magnets, and various substances. The very word electric was coined by Gilbert, who played on the Greek word for amber, electron, to come up with a term to describe amber's attracting qualities for certain materials. Like a good philosopher and experimenter committed to truly observing and explaining factually what happened in nature, Gilbert did not rest with amber but tested all kinds of materials, finding that glass, rock crystal, sulfur, sealing wax, and some minerals when rubbed also became electric. This was Gilbert's great electrical discovery and contribution— that numerous hard materials, not just amber, could be electrified when rubbed. What Gilbert could not know, of course, was that his rubbing created charged electrons, positive or negative, that attracted like or repelled opposite. When these charges flow along a conductive material, they become an electric current. He used a pivoted, non-magnetic light gilt needle, his versorium or electroscope, to study which materials had electrostatic attraction. The needle swung toward or away depending on whether the charge was positive or negative. Moreover, his further inquiries into these electrics delineated how the weather, water, olive oil, and so on affected their electricity. The good doctor deduced that what activated the numerous motions of attracting and repulsing was an invisible watery substance he termed electrical effluvia. In 1603, Gilbert's great patroness, Queen Elizabeth, died, and the author of De Magnete soon followed. 
His legacy was the discovery that electricity could be generated, and his admonition that philosophers must seek knowledge not from books only, but from things themselves. For more than half a century, human knowledge and understanding of electricity progressed little further. Philosophers throughout Europe remained fascinated by electricity, and de Magnete was studied carefully and its experiments copied. But the next major electrical advance came almost unwittingly, as often happens in science, from the Lutheran mayor of Magdeburg, a small free-trading city in the Holy Roman Empire, today Germany, burned to the ground by marauding Swedes in 1631. The mayor, Otto von Guericke, was a well-educated scion of a leading family, and he devoted his middle decades to rebuilding and reviving his crushed city and retrieving through trees.